Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace from Redemption to the Nation's Church, and I'm grateful that we are going to have this opportunity to bring this message of hope, healing, and restoration to you and your family today. I want you to stay with me till the end. I'm going to come back and pray. Be blessed by the word of the Lord. I want to preach today on this thought that we've been in for the last several weeks on spiritual legislation. I believe it's moving some things. I believe it's shifting some things for us. And it's teaching us how to shift some things. How many know that? Say amen. I want you to go to Matthew 28. I want you to go to Matthew 28, verse number 18. I'm going to read the last three verses of the Gospel of St. Matthew. And then I'm going to take you over to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to read some there as well. Matthew 28. I want to talk today about the authority of the believer. How many know that you and I have spiritual authority? And this is germane and pertinent to the series that we're in because you can't legislate unless you know you have authority. Uh You can't legislate and you um, you cannot execute the agenda of the king without understanding you have spiritual authority. So look at your neighbor, tell them, neighbor, whether you know it or not, Tell them you have spiritual authority. And some of us don't know that. And that's why the Lord brought us together today because I feel like God said to me, you got to make sure that the people of God understand that they don't get run over. The enemy doesn't have the authority to run over you. The enemy is a defeated enemy. I want to go to Matthew 28 verse 18. When you got it, say amen. The Bible said, and Jesus came... And he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Next verse. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even till the end of the age. And look at that word. We talked about it last week. How many know that the last word of the first gospel and everything in that gospel, the last word of that gospel is not maybe, it's not we'll see. The last word of that gospel is amen. So be it or yeah. Do I have any yes in the house this morning? Now I want you to go over to the Gospel of St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Mm. How many have something good to be thankful for? Luke chapter 10, verse uh, number, you know what, Chad, I'm going to pull one on you here if you can, and I'll take full responsibility for this. Put verse 18 up as a contextual Uh, premise of this that I want to read to them. Verse 18, Luke 10, 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to try, give you the authority. He said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing Nothing shall by enemy, any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject, somebody say subject. Don't rejoice that spirits are subject to you Rather rejoice because your names, oh yes, are written in heaven. Look at someone, tell them, neighbor, I have citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Tell one more neighbor before we pray, say, hey, other neighbor, you have citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. I want you to give God a praise before we pray that the devil can't take your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Somebody give God 
your presence we come to preach today. And we thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I pray that the preaching would be not just enjoyable but transformational. That there would be a release of blessing on the people as the word goes forth. I thank you that this word is the one the devil didn't want them to hear. But the devil cannot stop them from hearing it now. I praise you that before they leave, the truth of God will become a sword in their hand. And may it transform our minds until we are renewed in our spirit and everything you have called us to be. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus and for the glory of our Father. And everyone in the church said amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the last several weeks, we have talked about spiritual legislation. And the intent of this teaching has been to equip the body to understand its role in seeing heaven come to earth. I want you to understand that our part of heaven coming to earth According to the prayer Jesus prayed in the Gospel of St. Matthew, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, come on, talk to me, as it is in heaven. How many know we have a part to play in that? And I have attempted to teach this over the last several weeks so that we understand our part in this great event of heaven coming to earth is to partnership, it is to partner with and to cooperate with heaven so that we can influence and have impact on the affairs of this world and this life. I believe there is one more message that is needed for this series and for this revelation to finally take some root in us. And that is this word that we will talk about today, spiritual authority, say spiritual authority. No kingdom can execute its agenda or perpetuate its cause without having the authority to enforce the desire of the king. Without having an understanding and a possession of spiritual authority, the kingdom of God would be nothing more than a fairy tale and a pipe dream. Satan would run Jesus and the kingdom of God out of business in an hour if it were not for the spiritual authority of the kingdom of heaven. The issue of authority is often one that is confusing. But as I was preparing my heart to teach this to you today, the Lord reminded me of some very, I think, elementary and basic things that are sometimes forgotten in the heat of battle. There are two primary words that the Bible uses to talk about um, power and authority. In fact, it can be a bit confusing to us as we study the Bible because if you look at the Bible in English, oftentimes you will see the word power. Everyone say power. But oftentimes that word power is used in two different ways. And the two different words used for power in the Bible, in the Greek, are dunamis and exousia. Everyone say dunamis and exousia. Dunamis is where we get the English word dynamite from. Mm -hmm. And dynamite and dunamis are this idea, this concept of the power of God related to the ability of God. Mm -hmm. How many know that God is able to do anything? God doesn't have a power problem. God doesn't get exhausted. In fact, when God demonstrates power, this is good news and a good place to say amen. When God uses his power or demonstrates his power, his power is so vast that you don't see a diminishing in his power when he uses it. Oh, come on here. Some of us, when we exert our energy and we exert our power, how many know we get tired? But when God shows his power, he doesn't have to drink a Red Bull. He doesn't have to catch a cat nap. He doesn't have to go pop a pill. When God uses his, his power is so vast that when he pours it out, you can't even tell he lost any because you don't lose power when you are the God of all power. 
And so I want to tell you that when God blesses you and when God demonstrates his power in your life, you don't need to approach him as if he had a power meter and his power is diminishing. You look at his power meter and when he heals your son, he has the same power to heal you. When he delivers your marriage, he has the same power to deliver your in-laws. When he blesses Sister Ann and pays her house off, that same God doesn't run out of power just because he blessed someone else. Oh, touch somebody, tell them he still got all power. When you have all power, you don't run out of any power. And I think sometimes we approach God like God is us and God is not like us. God is not diminishing. In fact, he's not getting old. He is the ancient of days. He is the everlasting one. He's not getting white hair. His, his cells are not degenerating. He is the God of strength and power. And this dunamis power of God speaks to his ability. When the woman with an issue of blood touched him, she said, if I can touch him, I know I'll be whole. When she touched him, he stopped walking and said to the disciples who touched me, and they said, all these people pressing on you and you ask us who touched you? He said, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with faith and I felt something leave me. When you look at that word, when you look at that word virtue, when, it, when you look at that word virtue in the Greek, it is the Greek word dunamis. When she touched him, her faith pulled out of him his unending limitless ability to make her body whole and healed. She'd been dealing with it for 12 years and spent everything she had, but when his power touched her problem, her problem disappeared and it was so awesome because you would think he worked a miracle, now he's gonna go home. But that same Jesus walked up the steps of Jairus' house, went into the room of his 12-year-old dead daughter and just because he healed the woman with the issue, didn't mean he didn't have the power to heal that baby girl. How many know that the power of God can touch the old woman and the young woman? That's the move of God. And so the Bible talks about the dunamis power of God. But dunamis is the ability of God. Today I did not come to talk to you just about the limitless ability of God. I came to talk to you about the permission and the privilege he gives. Dunamis is the ability of God, the power of God. Exousia is the permission of God. When we say spiritual authority, we are talking about the privilege God gives us to execute his will in our lives and in the affairs of this world. If you don't know you have permission, you can live your whole life with access to dunamis, but never operate in it if you don't know you have the authority or the privilege to use it in your life. Many people do not doubt the power of God. They believe that God can do anything, but religion will cause some people to not know they have privilege and permission to use the power for his glory so that lives can be changed for his honor and his praise. And if you don't know you have authority, it's like this. I remember when we used to live in, in Utawa and there was a high school and a middle school right in front of our subdivision. And every morning I would take my babies to school and there was this woman who wasn't much taller than four and a half feet. And I had a big truck, a big truck. And I could have run over that woman. So I got some of y'all's attention right there. There's two reasons I didn't run over her. Number one, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Number two, she was a police officer. And even though I felt like every, every single morning she personally stopped my car and let a hundred cars go in front of me, I prayed through one morning and I got a revelation 
that I don't stop because she is stronger than my car. I stop because she has a badge that gives her permission to put her hand up and because I respect the authority granted to her by the police office, I stop not because I not because I couldn't have kept going, but because I recognize and respect authority. Some people in church need to understand this. When the devil's trying to stop you, you need to understand not only are you in a vehicle, the kingdom of God, that can run over the devil, you need to understand you've actually been given the authority to use what God blessed you with to keep the kingdom moving forward and not stop every time the enemy tries to keep you from moving forward. You have authority. That young, lady, that young lady that, 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 that stopped, she had authority because she has a badge. You have authority because of who you belong to. Now I want to talk about, first of all, the authority of Jesus. Everybody say the authority of Jesus. Now I read to you Matthew 28, verse 18 that says, and Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he said, Behold, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. But I want to tell you that Jesus had authority throughout his entire ministry. In fact, if you look at Matthew 7, 29, Matthew 7, 29 is the close of a sermon. Jesus began preaching it in Matthew 5. He preached it all of Matthew 5, all of Matthew 6, and all of Matthew 7. When he got there, some people say, oh man, Lord, we preached so long. We, he preached three chapters. And when he got through preaching at the end, the Bible said that those that heard him marveled because he taught as one who had authority and not like the scribes. Somebody say, not like the scribes. You know, there are a lot of people, and you know what a scribe is? It's really where we get the word grammar from. Uh, in the Greek, it's a, a, a grammateron, and it's where we get our word grammar, and it's literally this idea of knowing what is written. And there are some people, and I, I'm, all th I'm very thankful for people who study what the word says and know what the word says, but many times we simply read black letters on a white page and we do not get, not, not, it's not that we don't get what he said, it's that we don't apply what he was trying to do and we don't get activated in the word and all we, are, we know where the address was, but we don't know how to use it. And scribes can tell you what the Bible said, but they can't demonstrate the word. And Paul said, when I came to you, it was not with enticing words, but it was in the demonstration of the power of God that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. We don't just need to know what the word says. How many know we need to allow the word to produce and to be activated so that when we send it out, it does not come back void into our lives? And these people heard Jesus preaching and they said, you don't preach like the scribes. You preach with authority. Now this is interesting because when they said you preach with authority, literally what they were saying was you don't cite, you don't cite the sages and the rabbis. In other words, when he was talking, he didn't say rabbi so-and-so says this, rabbi so-and-so says that. No, when he preached the word, he preached such revelation of the kingdom of God, people had never heard it before and it began to dismantle religious powers and principalities and it began to set houses in order and it began to bring freedom to the bound. Hear me this morning, family, I want to tell you that preaching must be more than simply, it must be biblical, but there must be an application of the word else all we are doing is telling stories and preaching truth and lives are never being transformed. Something must change as a result of our preaching. And he preached with authority. His entire ministry was full of authority. In, in Matthew chapter 9 verse 6, remember the paralytic? He ticked off the religious crowd by looking at the man who needed a healing and before he healed them, remember this, he said, 
Your sins are forgiven, son. And the only reason Jesus did this was to show them. Read the Bible, Matthew chapter nine. The only reason Jesus forgave his sins in public is so that men would know he had the power to forgive sin. How many are glad God has the authority to forgive your sin? Then in chapter eight, he's taking a nap. The boat is being filled with waves. The disciples come and get him. Wake him up and say, do you not care? We're dying. He said, no, I don't care about nothing. I was in the middle of a nap. <laughs> he walks out on the bow of the boat, speaks peace. I thought about this. The Bible said immediately the wind ceased and the waves laid down. You know that's supernatural. How many ever been fishing out in the ocean and even when the storm moves off, the waves are still rolling in? Take some time for things to settle down, but I'm gonna tell you, it don't take time to settle things down when Jesus says, peace be still. How many know it may have taken the enemy years to get it stirred up, but it don't take God years to settle it down. Somebody needs to praise God today that when the master says peace, it has to lay down. He demonstrated his authority over nature. He demonstrated his authority over sickness and disease, Matthew 9, 35. He even demonstrated his authority over demons. Oh, please don't talk about this, Pastor. This is what's wrong. People have demonic stuff going on in their life and we're trying to give them seven steps to more money. They don't need more money, they need freedom. I have no desire to make things a dog and pony show, but if the church can't be a place of deliverance for the bound, where are they gonna go get it? They're not. People come to our churches sometimes and they wanna know, how can you help me? Life is falling apart. I've made a mess of my life. I've opened the door for demonic activity. I'm trying to shut it. I don't have the power. I come to tell you today, there is a man in this room who is walking around and he is the one that came to deliver you from every ounce of darkness. If you've opened the door to the devil's plan, I know a God who will show up and shut the door of the enemy. He will put the devil out. Somebody say amen. This is all in Matthew's gospel. And then in John eleven forty three, 43, he demonstrates authority over death itself. He said, no man has the power to take my life. I lay it down. Watch, and if I lay it down, I have the authority to raise it back up again. You need to understand that power is God's ability, but exousia is God's permission. You don't just have access to power. You have exousia, meaning God has given you permission. Jesus had all authority. He taught as one having authority. He healed the sick as one who had authority. He displayed his authority over nature by causing winds to cease and waves to lay down. But today I want you to know that the authority Jesus claimed, he shares it with his body. In the, in the Bible, you need to understand that you cannot give away that which you do not possess. You would have no authority over the devil. Let me say it clearly like this. You would have no authority over the devil if it were not for Jesus. Nowhere in the Bible does God freely give authority to people who are not in Christ. In fact, let me read a couple things to you. Number one, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter two. First thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The authority of the believer is the authority you have because you are in union with Jesus. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm in union with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us, us. Look at somebody, tell them us. God raised us up with Christ. 
and seated us, Chad, put that on the screen if you don't mind, Ephesians 2, 6, and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ. He is not standing, he is seated. <laughs> when you are standing, it is a posture of fighting. When you are seated, it is done and there's nothing to stand up for. The Bible said that when he ascended, he sat down at the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Because he told you on the cross, it is finished. When you finish something, you sit down and admire your work. Can I tell you what Jesus is doing right now? He is admiring the work he finished at the cross. Oh, y'all can't handle this one. Well, you know, I feel like God is probably having a nervous breakdown. Oh, Lord, did you see what all is happening in the world? Surely God is losing his mind. God is not losing his mind. God is sitting on a throne laughing at his enemies who think that they've conjured up a weapon that would somehow defeat the Almighty. At the end of it all, he's going to show the enemy that from the beginning I had your number. You are a defeated devil. And the only realm, the only way, the only access Satan has to defeat is through deception if you ever know who he is and you ever figure out who you are then the lie of the enemy doesn't work to bring you into bondage Jesus isn't up fighting right now Jesus is seated how many brothers in this room ever had a project like a building project I've had some building projects in my day. And the, and, the, and the building project that comes to my mind most is the one that almost stole my sanctification. And one year we got, we got a swing set for the kids. And you know me trying to save a few dollars, I went for the one that had the worst directions and the most pieces. And I, it took me weeks, weeks to put it together. In fact, when I got through with it, I had pieces left over. <laughs> Devin wanted an explanation as to what the pieces that were left over were, and I informed her extras. She said, are you sure? Because that thing don't look quite straight over there. And every time they walk across that bridge, it sags. I said, you know what? Take them on a fast. They'll lose some weight and it won't sag no more. Hallelujah. I was out there every day trying to read this fine print of putting this thing together. And when I finally got it together the night before Christmas Eve, snow falling and blizzard and cold and all, and I'm sitting out on the back porch looking at my finished project. I walked in and said, oh, you know, Dev, how you like what I did? Well, it looks a little bit off to me. Well, I, forgive me for asking, hallelujah. I was admiring my finished work. Can I tell you that when you finish something, you sit down and you, you take it all in and you say it is done. Listen to me carefully today. If you don't know this about Jesus, if you don't understand this about your Lord and Savior, you will allow the waves of this world to get in your boat and to overcome you with worry and fear. But if you can understand what I'm getting ready to tell you, it will bring you peace in the midst of a storm. Jesus finished the work at Calvary. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He made an open show of the enemy. He, he made a spectacle out of the devil. And when hell was howling and hissing and throwing a party on Friday and Saturday, angels were weeping, heaven was wandering, and on Sunday morning, everything came together because the dead body of Jesus was infused with the life-quickening spirit of the Holy Ghost, and the dead body of Jesus came out of the grave and he is still alive today. The price has been paid. The work has been finished. The devil has been defeated and his victory became mine. And when he finished, he went and sat down. Ready for this? And now, guess who is sitting with him? Not all of us. 
we're not sitting. Sometimes, I'm talking about us, we, me, we panic. Oh, y'all, y'all, okay, so I panic. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't ever panic. I panic sometimes, and I have to be reminded by the Holy Ghost that he is seated. He is seated. It's already done. It is already finished. Your authority doesn't come when you get to heaven. Your authority doesn't come when you inherit eternal life and live in eternity with the Lord. Your authority came the day your citizenship was transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. This is not about how worthy you feel. This is not about your track record. This is not about what you did and didn't do last night. This is not about how much you got your ducks in a row. This is about your relationship and your union with the son of the living God. If you love Jesus and you are in him then wherever he is that's where you are because you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God I want to tell you today that you are not so disconnected from God that his victory is not your victory his victory is your victory and his authority is your authority He could not give me authority if he didn't have it. But he showed us that he had all authority by demonstrating his authority over works of the enemy, over works of nature, even over the forgiveness of the sins of humanity. Jesus is not wanting to become God. He is God. This must be preached because religion has brought the church into a place where we make observations of the world around us and come to the inerrant conclusion, the wrong mindset that somehow the God of the Bible is in trouble, that somehow The king who sits on his throne is in jeopardy. Haven't you seen how bad the world is? I know what the news media says about the the world, but I read something in the Bible that said the earth is the Lord's. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. The earth is not theirs. Well, they look like they're ruling and who is they anyway? They were never promised the future. They were never given the throne of David. They were never promised a scepter of authority. Whoever they is needs to get a revelation that you can sit in a room and conjure up your mind all you want to of how you're going to stop God. But you can't stop God. He is the God of all power and the God of all authority. And wherever he is, that's where I am today. The next time you attempted to have a breakdown, look at Jesus. Jesus isn't popping Prozac. Jesus isn't sitting on a couch getting a talk. Jesus is sitting on a throne. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He already won the battle. And you have authority so long as you are in union with Jesus. The key word of the Pauline epistles, the key phrase, I should say, used so many times, in Christ. In Christ. Through Christ, in Christ. Go read Paul's writings. He makes it clear that outside of Jesus we have no future. But in Christ we are indestructible. Someone in this room right now is afraid of death. I tell you, the devil cannot kill you. God is not through with you. In fact, the devil can't kill you. I I remember preaching a funeral of an old man. He called his family into his room before he died. He said, I'm about to go to heaven. They said, Daddy, how do you know you're about to go to heaven? He said, because God told me he's about to bring me home. Let me tell you something right now. When death comes upon you, death for the child of God is not an intruder. It is a door into eternity. Don't ever let the devil torment you about killing you before your time. The devil may hate you, but he can't harm. Oh, I'm getting ready to bless myself. 
yourself. The devil may hate you, but he can't harm you. I know the doctor said you got a bad report, but I'm telling you right now, if God said you're gonna live, the devil can huff and puff, but he can't put a a disease in your blood, your brain, your back, there ain't a place. The devil can do it. He is defeated by the power of God. You have spiritual authority when you are in union with Jesus. You step out of that union, you step out of authority. You have no authority simply because you're a member of a church somewhere. Your authority is tied to being in Christ. And Paul tells us that we stay in him. In him we live, move, and have our being. In Christ, we are the head and not the devil. Come on, throughout the entire New Testament, the principle is union with Jesus is what releases authority in our life. Second thing I want to show you is this. Not only do you have authority because you're in union with him, you have authority because he gave you authority. Now this sounds a bit redundant, but I want you to hear me very clearly. It would be one thing if Jesus said, I, Jesus speaking, I have all authority in heaven and earth. But the crazy thing is that the man with the authority is the one who shares the authority. Hmm. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have authority. You might have a loud voice, but loud voices don't make demons move. Authority is about relationship with him and authority is about receiving that which he gives. In Luke's gospel, the 10th chapter, he said, behold, I give you authority, permission. I permit you, I give you the privilege of using the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and in case I forgot something, all manner of the enemy. Now when you start talking about serpents, it immediately takes me back to the garden. And the fathers told, told the speaking prophetically, and we call it the proto-evangelium in the, in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. He told Eve and Adam, he told Eve, he said, I'm going to raise up the seed of a woman who will crush the head of the serpent and bruise his heel. You must understand that when Jesus says you will trample on serpents and scorpions, he's not just talking about, and let me help everybody understand something, he is not talking about worshiping snakes. I'm fixing to fix something right here for a minute. You gotta be careful that you don't imply on the word things that the word did not mean. And if you're wondering today, well I heard y'all Pentecostal, y'all handle snakes, uh, no. And let me help you understand something. If somebody ever brings one in the church, call somebody quick because we're going to get the snake and the person that brought it out. Amen. We don't handle snakes. We don't need to handle snakes, but we can handle devils who look like snakes. Some snakes slither. Some snakes walk on two feet, whatever it is. Jesus said, I want you to know as you're making progress on this journey, if the devil ever rears his ugly head, don't run away. Advance the kingdom and trample on to, I said trample. Somebody say trample. Somebody in this room needs to understand God gave you the footwork and the authority not to run backwards, not to get run over. But when the snake shows up, keep on walking and step on it because nothing shall by any means harm you. You don't have to fear. He gave you authority. And the Bible says when he gave you that authority, he gave it for you over all the works of the enemy. Wherever you discern the enemy working, Activate your authority. I said, whenever you discern the presence of the enemy, you ought to get activated in your authority. What does that look like? Your kids start acting crazy? Acting, uh, acting, acting crazy? <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Your kid ever starts acting crazy? Acting like they don't want to serve God? Acting like they're going to listen to some crazy, messed up music? Y'all don't like these talks. Your, your marriage ever starts going crazy and it looks like there's separation happening and your spouse is losing their mind. You, you got to quit saying, oh, we, we're having trouble. You got to say, devil. God gave me that child. Y'all missing what I got to go here. I'm fixing to let y'all go in a minute. But you got to learn how to say, this is not the will of God. Well, it must be the will of God for my child to lose it all and go to hell. The devil is a liar. It is not the will of God for your child to be blinded by a deceptive spirit and to be controlled by some demonic principality. You got to learn when the enemy shows up, that's why Jesus said, you're in me. I'm seated in heavenly places. And because you're seated with me stop watching hell break loose and think that is my will open up your mouth and activate the authority so what does that look like I'm done with this what does that look like when you see the residue or the presence of evil and you discern that this is the enemy is working then what you do is you say oh wait a minute I got authority over this I refuse to accept this is how it's going to end I refuse to accept this is the will of God for my life. I refuse to accept that this is my portion and I bind and loot. I got authority to deal with the devil. In fact, because I have authority, when, when serpents show up, how many ever encountered a serpent? Anybody ever encountered one for real? Like I'm talking about a for real snake. I'm not talking about like a spiritual snake or, no, I'm talking about like you saw a snake and was like, oh no, oh no. No, not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Anybody know? Everybody's like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, a rat snake. It kills me. I don't care. I don't care. People rebuke me. They rebuke me. I got up and preached this one Sunday, the, the HIPAA, the PIPA, whatever they are, the, 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 the pet people. Oh, they got all nervous because I was talking about killing snakes. Let me help you understand something. Let me help you understand something. I don't have time to study the, the, the pattern on the back of a snake. I don't care what color it is. I don't care if it's got fangs or venom. I, if, it's, if it's on the ground, give me a shovel, a shotgun. I am going to kill the snake. Y'all can't handle this. Call somebody. I don't care. And the reason Jesus said trample on it is because he understood the fear associated with a serpent. When you see a serpent, you stop moving forward and you wonder, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Oh no, the kingdom. That's why Jesus, I got to preach here. That's why Jesus said all power is given in heaven and earth. Go into all the world. He knew when you were going, you would run into some snakes. But slap somebody, tell them don't stop because of the snake. You can't stop when you see a snake. You gotta step on top of the snake and you gotta keep moving forward. I wanna tell you something, I'm through, stand with me. I'm through with this. You will encounter some snakes on this walk. There's some nasty stuff that will try to come up against you. And when you encounter a snake in your life that attempts to keep you from moving forward, Jesus didn't say, go and stop when you see a snake. He said, go into all the world. And when you run into a snake, trample, trample. I remember one time I had a dream about a snake trying to get in my house. And I woke up, three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, oh, I, I started walking all in the kitchen, praying in the Holy Ghost, pleading the blood. I put oil over every doorpost, I'm crazy like that. I put, I put oil on top of the window seals. Devil, you will not get in my house. Devil, you will not get in my house. And two days later, literally the back door of my house was left open. I drove up and a snake was getting ready to crawl in my house. It wasn't even a spiritual snake God was trying to show me about. It was a for real snake. 
I'm telling you, I was so prayed up and ready to fight that devil. I went into my outhouse. I got that shovel up off of that hanger. I walked over there. I said, I want you to know. So I started talking to him. I said, I want you to know something. You kept me up for the last three nights. Bam! I smashed him. He started squirreling. Bam! I hit him again. <laughs> it feels good testifying about it. What I'm trying to tell you is the next time the devil shows up, go into your house, pull out the sword of the spirit, and cut the head of the devil off. In fact, somebody do it right now. Pick your foot up and put it down on the head of the serpent and tell the devil, you won't have my children. You won't have my marriage. You won't have my ministry. I'm on a divine assignment. I'm on a divine mission. And God called me to this hell or high water. God will finish what he started in our life. Somebody shout, yeah. You, somebody say we, look at your neighbor say you have authority. I'm going to end with this. If you don't have it, it's not because it's on the way. It's because you fail to understand it's already yours. Authority is not on the way. Authority is the portion of those who are in Christ. If you don't know you have authority yet, it's not coming. It's already in there. It's just time to wake up and say, I'm going to get closer to him. Who does Jesus share his authority with? James 4, 7, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil he will flee. You cannot have authority until you have demonstrated submission to the will of God. Do you know why Jesus was qualified to have all authority? Because in the garden he said if it's possible let this cup pass from me. I don't want it. It's heavy. I don't like this cup, but if it's, if it's possible, let it pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Everybody in this room has a will, but the moment that you say not mine, but thy will be done, that's when God says, I can trust you with authority. A lack of submission is the first step to walking with no spiritual authority. In heaven. So what God wants to do today is God wants us to operate in tremendous authority. But in order for that to happen, some of you are going to have to start surrendering in small battles. And the battle's not with the devil. Your battle's with God. Wait, 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 wait. Let me qualify. The antichrist spirit is a pro-self movement. Oh, rewind, Wallace. That was decent. The antichrist spirit is a pro-self movement. The more yourself gets its way, the less authority you are qualified to carry in the kingdom of God. If you don't have the self-control to tell yourself not to cuss people out, don't, don't, be, don't be shocked when you don't have authority to pray over a headache and it get healed. Oh, y'all don't like this. Pass the test in the parking lot. When you see a buggy you didn't pull out of the, uh, uh, of, the, of the store and it's laying in the middle of the parking lot, I dare you to take it back to the store. Well, I didn't do it. Yeah, but if you won't be blessed with stuff that you don't deserve, you gotta be willing to fix what you didn't create. Submission. Surrender. Are you yours or do you belong to him? The more you belong to him, the more of his authority he will share with you. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you right now. Father, take this house from glory to glory. Move us from being run over to being a trampler of serpents and scorpions. 
I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that your authority would become ours, that our union would be greater in you than it's ever been. I pray for this house that you would give us a revelation and a divine understanding of the placement, the seating of Jesus. You are not fighting. You have already won the war, Lord God. And today I bless the people of God this week to begin to dive deeper in their union with you and in so doing release greater authority. Release greater authority on the lives of those whose will are surrendered to the will of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Reach over, lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder right now. Father, we pray for each other. Some of us are getting our brains beat out by a serpent that's already defeated. Some of us are getting stung by a scorpion that's already been defeated. I pray right now that you would increase the authority of my brother and sister, that they would not get run over by a snake crawling on his belly. I pray right now that we would see he's on his belly and we're on our feet and the devil is under the feet of the Lord. Father, I thank you that the book of Romans promises us that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. We praise you for authority over every work of the devil. Every manifestation of the enemy in our life is broken and defeated. It will not harm or hurt us in our journey. That is the promise of the word of God over the people of God, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church said amen. Come on, let's give God praise all over this room right now. Come on, let's give him a praise. Hallelujah! Friend, I believe God is a miracle-working God, and the greatest miracle that God could ever work in your life is the gift of salvation. And I believe today somebody's watching me who says, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God. I want to serve the Lord. I want Jesus to save me. Let's pray this prayer together today. Mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I repent of my sins. I turn to you today, Lord Jesus, believing that you're the Son of God and that you died for my sins. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv and I just want you to drop us a prayer request and let us know that you gave your heart to Christ. Our team wanna pray for you. We wanna make sure that you're in a good, loving, Bible-believing church wherever you're from and that you continue to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. The best days of your life are still ahead of you and we're praying for you today. God bless, I look forward to seeing you next week right here.